Well, how many of you know that sometimes our prayers reach heaven, and truth be known, sometimes they don't reach heaven. How many know that? How many want to touch heaven this morning? That's what we're here for, to touch heaven. I want to share with you what the Lord's got on my heart, touching heaven. And I believe every daddy here needs to touch heaven for our children. Every mama here needs to touch heaven. Yes, every couple, every husband, wife needs to touch heaven today. I believe if you're like me, you've got somebody on your mind and heart that you need to pray for. How many of y'all need to pray for somebody to touch heaven for them? Probably everybody listening today, if you're a Christian, that you need to touch heaven today. And uh, you sometimes, uh, we, again, we pray, but our prayers don't touch heaven, unfortunately. But I believe God's going to move in our hearts today and allow us to touch heaven for his glory. <laughs> Speaking of uh, prayers not touching heaven, Deanna showed me... Uh, message that she got from of her family members on the lighter side. She said uh, husband and wife went to the grocery store. They had a mask on and said they went to the store and then got home and realized when they took the mask off, the wife had taken the wrong husband home. <laughs> so sometimes we can be wrong, all right? Anyway, hope we're not wrong about this thing of reaching and touching heaven. And I believe the Lord's going to lead us today. There are two investigations that will absolutely prove that it pays to pray beforehand. How many of y'all believe it pays to pray beforehand? And secondly, and not only does it pay to pray beforehand, but I believe certainly that uh, prayer, there's power indeed in prayer. Prayer works if you work it. It works if you work it. And so, I pray God will move on our hearts today to intercede and to pray for each other and pray for the needs that are on our hearts this very morning. So the open Bibles and turn to the same book we've been discussing and been preaching through for the last, this will be the ninth message in the book of Revelation, the ninth message. Take your Bibles, turn to the chapter we concluded last week and the following chapter, which would be chapter 8 of the book of Revelation. Chapter 8 of the book of Revelation. Touching heaven, touching heaven. And I believe there's two investigations that will absolutely prove prayer works if we work it. And I'll get these in a moment, but number one would be why do you need to pray today? Why do I need to pray today? Why do we need to touch heaven today? And then number two, how can we touch heaven today? First, why we need to touch heaven? There are people uh, in your circle of influence, my circle of influence, that are depending on us to pray and intercede. And so in the book of Revelation chapter 8, find there as we look at this wonderful passage, uh, touching heaven, prayers reaching to the throne. And I hope in a moment, in just a little while, we'll sense the Spirit of God drawing us to pray. Yes, touching heaven. Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Today at the book of Revelation chapter 8. So if you'd like to stand read the Word of God together, I really primarily, the Lord's leading me, and as I've been praying this week, 
to focus on primarily verses 3, 4, and 5. We began in verse 1, book of Revelation, chapter 8. Now, by the way of introduction, you're well aware, last week we concluded in chapter 7, this is during the, the time of the tribulation. Actually, we'll see these seven trumpets after the seven sealed judgments. I personally believe the church is going to be raptured before the tribulation based on numerous scripture passages in addition to the biblical study of the purpose of the tribulation, namely for Israel and for the overthrow of Satan, the times of the Gentiles to be fulfilled, and finally for the ushering in or the preparation for the kingdom of God to be inaugurated when Christ comes in his second coming. Revelation chapter 8, this great, wonderful book. We're starting in verse 1. If you're there, say amen. I said, if you're there, say amen. That's better. And when he had opened the seventh seal, he being Jesus, we go back to chapter 5. It's the Lamb of God, the only one worthy, who takes this scroll from the Father. And so it's referencing to Jesus, the line from the tribe of Judah, the root of David. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. In other words, it was a holy hush. It was like the calm before the storm. Silence for 30 minutes. Then verse 2 reads this way, And I saw, Udo, I saw, said John, the seven angels which stood before God. Get the picture. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven angels standing before God. Who are these seven angels? We're not told. Jewish tradition says they perhaps could have been archangels. Jewish tradition said there were seven. We know Michael and Gabriel. At any rate, seven angels stand before God. Keep reading. And I saw seven angels which stood before God. And to them were given seven trumpets. Now keep in mind, trumpets were used throughout the Scripture. For example, in the Old Testament, the trumpets were used to call the nation of Israel to war. The trumpets were used during special feast days. The trumpets were used to call a solemn assembly. Trumpets were used for various different events in the Old Testament. And yet we know that there will be a trumpet sounding when Christ comes again in the rapture because of 1 Thessalonians 4 uh, verse 16, some say, you know, the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, voice of the archangel, the trump of God. Some say it'll be a literal trumpet. Others say it'll be the voice of the archangel. Jesus will shout. Anyway, the point is, here is seven trumpets for what's to come. It's not going to be good. Notice verse 3. And another angel, see, see there's seven right now standing before God the Father at the throne. But here comes another angel. Yes, another angel came and stood where? At the altar. The word altar is used seven times in, in this manner, speaking of the altar of incense. Not necessarily the altar of burnt offerings, but there was an altar of incense in the tabernacle. Your mind flashes back to the book of uh, uh, Exodus and the uh, instructions God gave Moses during those days. Keep in mind now, verse 3 again, another angel came. And stood where? At the altar. Here's eight angels. Having what? A golden censer, a fire pan, a, a container, if you will, a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense. 
Incense in the Bible is used likened to the prayers of saints. Keep reading. There was much incense. Verse 3, the middle of the verse. That he should offer it with the what? The prayers. Oh, I love this. The prayers of who? All the saints. All the saints. Say it with me. All the saints. Say it again. I believe this is not just the martyred saints that are crying out under the altar in Revelation 6. Others believe, and I personally lean, this is all the saints. Oh, yes. And at any rate, all the saints. Notice, he offers this incense with the prayers of all the saints. Verse 3, the last part. Upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And then the smoke of the incense from this golden censer, the fire and the smoke the, would come ascending into the air. Picture. The smoke from the incense, verse 4 each, which came with the prayers of the saints. Oh, what a beautiful picture. The prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. The angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. I must confess we must stop there. I don't think we'll have time to go any further, but God's got a word for us today, touching heaven. Father, again we come in the name of Jesus the name above every other name, the most lovely name we know, that you said at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, things in heaven and things in earth, things under the earth. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we ask now, give us ears and eyes, hearts to receive, the incorruptible, indestructible, eternal word that will forever change us and transform us into your likeness that we might go and share the good news. Jesus is alive and is coming again. So we ask now again to change us, to cleanse us, to fill us, and draw us right now. We love you and bless you what you're up to, what you're going to do right this very place. Minister to hearts right now, please, Father. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. There are two investigations, as I mentioned to you, that I want to share with you today in regards to the passage we just read, touching heaven. Number one is this, why do we need to touch heaven? Why do you need to touch heaven today? There's somebody you know of right now that needs prayer. Yes, there is. And furthermore, I need prayer, and I believe you need prayer. How many of y'all need prayer today, personally? Everybody needs prayer. So the question is, are we going to touch heaven? And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. As God, and I believe there's souls listening to, by the way, of live stream that need to touch heaven. We're not excluding you. You and I and everybody here, we need to touch heaven. Yes, we do. Because there's a lot of things going on in our world. Number two, how can we touch heaven? We'll find that in the book of Revelation chapter 8, verses 4 and 5. Number one, 
Why do we need to touch heaven? You'll notice again, chapter 8 and verse 3, chapter 8 and verse 3 of the book of Revelation, and another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer, and there was given in to him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. I want to address this first investigative question that will prove there's power in prayer and prayer works if you work it and it pays to pray beforehand. Uh, the first investigation is uh, why do we need to touch heaven? And uh, the answer is threefold. See if you agree with me. See if you agree with me. Number one, the first reason we need to touch heaven is because of what's this? Our hearts are overwhelmed. I said our hearts are overwhelmed. I said our hearts are overwhelmed. I'm preaching to a lot of people today. Your heart is overwhelmed. You've been going through a lot. You know you have. Number two, our minds are overloaded. Our minds are overloaded. Reasons that you and I need to touch heaven today is because, one, our hearts are overwhelmed. All the things going on, not only in America, but in our own families, in our own culture, in our own community. And furthermore, not only overwhelmed hearts, secondly, overloaded minds. And thirdly, one another reason that we, you and I, need to touch heaven today. Touch heaven today. Yes, reach up and touch heaven today. Why? Because of our lips overflowing. With thanksgiving, we need to touch heaven today because I don't know about you, but my heart is overflowing and I want it to overflow with gratitude and thanksgiving to my heavenly Father. And the church said, here's three reasons that we need to touch heaven, why we need to touch heaven. One, our hearts are overwhelmed. Two, our minds are overloaded. Three, our lips are overflowing. One, you need to touch heaven today. We didn't come to be entertained. We didn't come to play games. We didn't come to play church. We came to get with God. I said we came to get with God. Amen. Not about me. It's not about you. It's about getting with our Lord. So the question is, will you do it? Will you do it? Are you going to do it? Are you going to get with God today? Yes, I think you will or you wouldn't be here. First, our hearts are overwhelmed. Overwhelmed in this way. Number one, by failure. Our hearts are overwhelmed by failure. Let's be honest. How many of you have ever failed God? Let me see your hand. Every one of us have failed God. Doesn't it make your heart overwhelmed when you realize you failed God? That the Lord has called us to a time such as this, and that at times we take our eyes off Jesus, doesn't it overwhelm your heart to know, Lord, I hadn't been the good salt and the bright light as you called me to be. Lord, I hadn't been a soul winner. Lord, I hadn't really. I've let things creep in my life. My heart's overwhelmed with failure. But you know what? God doesn't mince words. God doesn't pull any punches. He opens up this blessed book right here, and he shows us the good, the bad, and the ugly of everybody in it. That brings great encouragement to my heart. You know why? I look over there and see Jonah. I see he was overwhelmed. He was felt like a failure. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Rise and go to Nineveh. 
Jonah said, no, I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm going to Tarshish instead. And we know that you can run from God, but you can't hide from God. Amen. And listen, Jonah felt like a failure. Bible says, but hey, listen, if you're here today and you feel like a failure, I want to tell you something. We serve a God of a second chance. I said, aren't you glad that God gives us a second chance when we fail him? And Jonah, the Bible says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. I'm preaching to somebody today that's failed God and you feel like a failure and you feel like I can't serve God and you feel like Lord why would you use me I say the same thing but listen we all miss the mark at times yes even those who are blood bought and blood washed Jonah missed the mark Jonah failed I open up the Bible and I see a lot of God's saints fail I see where Noah although he found grace in the eyes of the Lord Noah failed the Lord he probably felt like a failure. I see where Abraham failed the Lord. He lied. Literally, half-truth is a lie. Abraham, though he was a friend of God, he failed God. I look over there and find out Jacob was a cheater and a, he was a conniving con artist, a liar. Yes, he was. He failed God, and yet he knew that he couldn't continue to be the same Jacob, and thus he wrestled with an angel in Genesis 32, and the Lord changed him from a surplanter to a prince that prevails with God. Hey, look, we all feel like failures. I read over there uh, where Moses uh, failed the Lord, and Moses was told to speak to the rock, and he didn't do it, but he struck the rock. Out of anger. Anybody here been angry lately? I said, has anybody here been angry lately? I said, has anybody here that's been uh, frustrated and uh, absolutely irritated with things going on in our life or in our nation? Yes, if I'd have been Moses, I'd have struck the rock a long time before Moses did. Can I get a witness? I believe all of us here have been angry at times. We failed God at times. That's why our hearts are overwhelmed. I look over there in the Bible and find about a man named Samson who got his hair cut in the devil's barbershop. He failed God. I know we can sit here and, and we can listen to the message and say, well, I'm not so bad after all. I want to tell you something. When we get in the light of the presence of the holiness of God, the splendor and the radiance of our living God, we, like Isaiah, every one of us have to come away saying, woe is me, a man of unclean lips. Yes, when we think that we've arrived, we uh, had better recheck ourselves because he that thinks he stand, take heed lest he fall. And Paul said, I, that that I really want to do, I find myself not doing. That's what I don't want to do. I find myself doing it. Have you ever felt like a failure? Have you been entertaining lustful thoughts lately? Have you been watching stuff and listening to stuff on the, the uh, television or movies that really aren't? coming of a child. I feel like a failure. Lord, I've been saying some things. I've been angry and bitter and I, I feel like a failure. I'm telling you, David felt like a failure. Though he was a man after God's own heart, our hearts are overwhelmed with failure. Why? Peter felt like a failure. He denied the Lord three times. I'm telling you, if these great men of God fail God, that you and I are going to fail God at times. But thank God we can touch heaven. And that's why we need to touch heaven today. We fail the Lord at times. And I'll tell you what. John Mark, no doubt, felt like a failure. He was a scaredy cat. 
he left and abandoned Paul and Barnabas on a missionary journey. At times, we fail the Lord. Our hearts are overwhelmed, number one, because of failure. Is there anybody here, parents, say, I feel like a failure? Any, any, any Christians uh, say, I feel like a failure? Any Sunday school teachers, any preachers, any men of God, women of God say, Lord, I don't sense your anointing on my life. I feel like a failure, oh God. Well, we can touch heaven today. That's why we need to touch heaven today. Not to leave feeling like a failure, but thank God leaving, walking in victory. Amen. Number two. Not only do we feel like a failure, our hearts are overwhelmed, but forgiveness. There are some of you today, or should I say there's some of us today that have a hard time with this thing of forgiveness. What do I mean? I want to use David as an example. David looked, he lusted, he lay, and he learned. And on top of that, not only did he commit adultery with Bathsheba, but he had her husband Uriah the Hittite killed on the front line, David messed up. Wait a minute. I hear in the book of Psalm 51, I can hear David say, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to thy multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. My sins ever before me against thee and only thee have I done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inner part that thou mightest make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Create within me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And then, and then, and then will I teach transgressors thy ways. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. What's David saying? He, first of all, he's got that heartfelt confession. Next, he's got that soul sin cleansing. And then finally... He comes to grip with a life-changing calling. But it's always in that order. First, there's got to be that heartfelt confession. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, hallelujah. But then there comes that soul sin cleansing. We've got to accept the blood of Jesus. And once we come to grips, watch this, that God forgives us through his son's precious cleansing blood, then we can hear God call us. You know what God's saying? Here's what he's saying. David's saying, God, I messed up big time. Sure, I've reaped some consequences, but now I've tasted of your grace. I said, now I've tasted of your grace. Anybody here tasted the grace of God? Let me see your hand. All right, thank you. How can we keep not telling other people how the Lord was gracious to us to forgive us, and we want them to experience the same thing. Then would I teach transgressors their ways. That's what we ought to be doing. If you've been forgiven, forgiven much, love much. And by the way, this thing of unforgiveness, that's what we battle with. That's why we need to touch heaven today. 
And I don't know who you are exactly. I know who you are, but I don't really know maybe what's on your mind or heart today. But probably there's been some situations where you've been angry and mad and something's happened and somebody's not doing something right and, or something's going on in your life. Maybe you're mad at yourself. I don't know. Or maybe mad at somebody else. That's why we need to touch heaven today. You, you can get glad, not mad. Oh, yes. And, and you see, once the Lord says he forgives us, then thank God he removes our sin from us. We've got to receive that. That's why we need to touch heaven today. We become ineffective until we get a breakthrough. There needs to be a breakthrough in some of our lives today because we're bound down with this guilt and with this condemnation. And the Lord said that we can be set free. In fact, that's the third reason I find not only failure and forgiveness, number three, freedom. That's why we need to touch heaven. Our hearts are overwhelmed. I'm still on this. All of this is coming under our hearts overwhelmed. I'll get to this in a moment. Our minds. But our hearts are overwhelmed with failure. Our hearts are overwhelmed with forgiveness. Our hearts are overwhelmed with freedom. Aren't you glad the Lord said we're no longer slaves to sin? I've been preaching that before the song came out, No Longer Slave to Sin. I like the song, by the way. I don't even know who sings it. You know who I'm talking about. It's a great song. But I read it right over here in the Bible where uh, I think Paul said, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Then he said, Knowing not that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Romans 6 and 6. And then he said in verse 11, Likewise, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hey, look, sin is not our boss anymore. Once we get saved, bought with the blood of Jesus, there's resurrection power in us. Hallelujah. And there's the power of the Holy Spirit. No wonder Paul said in Galatians 5, 16, walk in the Spirit. You should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. They're total opposition to one another that you may not do the things you please. There's a battle going on in us. Galatians 5, 24, and Paul said, They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lusts. Hey, look, we need to touch heaven. Why? Because that dirty flesh and the devil in the world is whipping us. The dirty devil and the flesh and the world is binding us down, keeping us ineffective, keeping us, oh, yes, slaves to sin. But I tell you, there's freedom in Christ. Galatians 5, 1, Paul said, Stand Past in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Yes, the truth will set us free. John 8, 32. And so, let's walk in freedom. Let's touch heaven today because of our failures, because of our need for forgiveness in our life. All of us, moment by moment, minute by minute, can grieve the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Lupio, that means to hurt the Holy Spirit. Have you grieved the Holy Spirit lately? Quench not the Spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Don't, don't pour water on the fire. And I'm prone to grieve the Holy Spirit if I'm not careful. We're, oh yes, lean on the arm of flesh. But God says, freedom, freedom. Number one, our heart's over 
overwhelmed. That's why you need to touch heaven. Number two, our minds are overloaded. I don't know about y'all, but I got a feeling, if you'll be honest with God today, you'd have to say, man, my mind is overloaded with the cares of this world and with worries. Thank you all. Thank you for being honest. Even the best of Christians have worries and cares. We don't want to have them. We don't, we might act like you don't, but you know the truth about it, and God knows your heart. We feel insecure at times. Come on, talk to me. We feel like there's some things we can't control, and it throws us into a whirlwind of anxiety. You know what I'm talking about. That's, watch this, watch this. That's why you and I need to touch heaven today. It's because we've been anxious about some stuff, haven't we? God says you don't, have to, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to stay worried. No, be careful for nothing but in everything by what? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. And then the peace of God. Oh, bless the Lord. The peace of God. Money can't buy the peace of God. The world can't give the peace of God. Thank God the devil can't take the peace of God away. The peace of God, William, that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You know what he's saying? He's saying even though you need heart surgery, even though that muscle needs to be trimmed and you're not really sure whether you're going to have to go get surgery or not, he's saying, I'll give you peace that you can't explain it and nobody, you can't, you can't even tell anybody how you have a peace even though at times worry and cares come rolling in on your shoulder because if you touch heaven today, the Prince of Peace gives us his peace because he is our peace. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, if the Lord wasn't with you right now, you'd be a basket case. We need to thank God today because we're overloaded. Jesus said, why are you worried? Birds aren't worried. Flowers aren't worried. Heavenly Father's going to feed them, clothe them. Oh, you have little faith. Take no thought of tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought of itself. Sufficient is the day thereof. Oh, but, but, but Lord, I, I keep bringing on a whole lot of unnecessary, unnecessary worries about them. what if tomorrow and what if this and what if that. God says, you need to touch heaven today because you're overloaded. Your minds are overloaded with fear. Am I preaching anybody today? Your minds are overloaded with fear. Your minds are overloaded with uh, troubles. And that's why. The remedy is touching heaven today. Oh, hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. I'm glad God doesn't leave us in this state. I'm glad the Lord said, I'm going to be with you no matter what. Yes, our minds are overloaded. And then thirdly, our lips are overflowing with gratitude to God. That's why we need to touch heaven. We not need, only need to come to the Lord with our problems and cares, cast all our care upon the Lord. But we need to touch heaven today because God's been good to us. Has God been good to you? Oh, yes, he has. And in spite of our troubles, in spite of all the stuff going on, God's been good. He's a good God. Yes, he is. And I just want to tell you something. I don't know if you've looked around. I don't know if you've looked around. But I want to share testimony. It's on my phone. That's why I've got my phone. 
Do you notice who's not here this morning? Look around. Do you notice somebody's not here this morning? How many of you notice that somebody's not here this morning? All right, good. Do you know who I'm talking about who's not here this morning? Okay. Last week, a young man was here named Andrew, 36 years old. I got this text message on Friday night. It says this by email. Dear Dr. Reese and all of your ministry team, it is with great anguish I write this, that my son Andrew, Andrew, who was here last Sunday and been here for two months, Andrew, the young black-headed young man, Andrew died in a freak accident on Wednesday in Atlanta. We are in deep mourning. He and I visited, visited your church. It's not mine, it's the Lord. Visited the church for almost two months now. And we're fed by the messages from Dr. Reese and the community. We also love the old Baptist hymns. Andrew was also appreciated the kindness of the youth music. Megan Garrett, please pray for Andrew's soul. He was a committed Christian. The last three years, he's read the Bible through five times. But today, he leaves a six-year-old son and a grieving wife and extended family. His mama was here with him last week. They've been here for two months. Let me just stop and tell you this. I often say it. This may be the last time you come to church. I might have said it last week. I don't know. It's real, isn't it? Here's how I can overflow with thanksgiving to God. This young man, you know how he got connected? He first listened to the radio broadcast, bud. New Rocky Creek, Kenneth. Until that day, ministries on the radio. And then he connected live stream what we're doing right now at this moment. We don't know who's watching right now. Maybe another Andrew. Then he called. Garrett sent him a text message. Garrett sent me a text message. I looked at my phone. Garrett, it was May the 9th that you sent me. That was on a Saturday. Garrett told him the times of our services. He showed up the very next Sunday. Andrew. And he's been here every Sunday since and now he's in heaven I said that to say this I'm overflowing I'm sad but I'm glad I'm overflowing that God is using the work of his ministry to reach people with the good news come on let's praise the Lord let's praise the Lord come on come on let's praise the Lord Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm overflowing with thanksgiving today because a young man, 36 years old,'s life was snuffed out just a few days ago, but he's been with us for two solid months. How many need to touch heaven today? Oh, God, we need to touch heaven. Why? Because what we've just mentioned, the overflowing 
of our lips with thanksgiving to God, our overloaded minds, our overwhelmed hearts. But then secondly and quickly, how can we touch heaven? Look at please, Revelation chapter 8. And then notice verse 4. Verse 4. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints. Oh, bless the Lord. And God hears prayers from clean hands and a pure heart. He said the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer, that's that uh, container, and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And what's to follow is these four trumpet judgment that God is bringing upon the earth. And let me just say this. I'm well aware of the fact uh, that uh, this is a beautiful picture of the high priest that would get this censer and put coals of fire off the altar and would put incense in these coals of fire and then would take it into the tabernacle or the temple and the smoke would ascend into heaven. Oh, yes, and here is a picture of the prayers of God's people <laughs> ascending up to the throne. But wait a minute. Verse 5 also follows up on that, that some believe, and I have a tendency to lean this way, although I'll not be dogmatic about it, this angel in reverse, has this censer of the prayers of saints. And now he throws it back to the earth in answer to the prayers of the saints, including that crowd in Revelation 6, just crying out under the altar, How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? The martyrs who have not worshipped the beast nor his image the angel is pouring out the answer, touching heaven, touching heaven. And so, how can we touch heaven today? I want to share with you two thoughts about touching heaven. How can we touch heaven? One, what kind of faith? Are you going to send up your prayers in today? What kind of faith? And two, what is the will of God on the matter? What is the will of God? As we touch heaven today, there are three problems with touching heaven today that need to be corrected. Three problems that need to be corrected if we're going to touch heaven. I want to touch heaven today. Got to correct this problem, number one. Problem number one, unpure motives. Unpure motives. If my motives aren't pure, I can't touch heaven. James chapter 4, verse 2. James 2 and 3. James says, you have not because you ask not. You, you receive not because you ask amiss. And that seems to indicate my motives might not be pure. Often if I'm not careful when I pray, it's... Not for my glory, or it's not for God's glory. It might be because of my, my own selfish desires. Tell me, you gonna touch heaven today? 
If you and I are going to touch heaven today, we've got to get our motives pure. Lord, search my motives. As David said in Psalm 19, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Cleanse out me from secret sins. Keep back that servant from presumptuous sins. Lord, I won't have pure motives when I pray. What are you praying about? God, I want a million dollars where I can spend it on myself. God says, nope, it's not, you, I'm not going to give it to you. What are motives? What are motives? Secondly, the second problem we've got to correct today if we're going to touch heaven, unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin. I mentioned a moment ago, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, plural, not singular, not just God, you know my sin, but, but what kind are you talking about? Sins, plural, one by one. Lord, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, bless the Lord. Can I use this as an example? How many of y'all have children? What if your child, you told your child, go clean up your room. Go clean up your room. And they didn't do it. And your child came back to you. They did not clean up the room. They came back to you and they said, Mama, Daddy, give me $20. Would you give them $20 right then and there? What would you say? Do what I ask you to do first, and then I'll give you what you want. Does this make sense? God's saying, if you hadn't done what I asked you to do first, first you need to do that. And, and it's all to do with the relationship with God. It's all to do with our fellowship with the Lord. Once gloriously born in the family of God, I'm sealed under the day of redemption, Ephesians 1, verse 12, 13, and 14. We've been given the earnest of the Spirit. And I don't think uh, if you could become unsaved after you're saved, that means it would be based on what I do rather than what the finished works of Christ. Now, that doesn't give a license to sin by any means. You know I don't believe that for one moment. However, I'm saying this. It's not about sonship. This is about fellowship with God and if I'm going to touch heaven I got to be in fellowship with the father oh yes I do is there anybody here that said God's been saying I need you to do this I want you to do this this and this and we hadn't done it clean up your room we hadn't done it we got to get that done first if we're going to touch heaven let's do it first thirdly unoffered prayers you need to pray today for somebody I'm convinced I need to pray for somebody I need to pray for myself but Unoffered prayer is unanswered prayer. You say, but wait a minute. God knows my need. Yes, he does. But you have not because you ask not. That's what James said. James chapter 4, verse number 2. And by the way, if you want to write another verse down on here, Psalm 66, 18 says, if we regard iniquity in our heart, the Lord will not hear us. But anyway, back to this. Unoffered prayers. God's saying, will you stand in the gap? I got a message this morning at 6 o'clock this morning from a pastor friend that gave me this verse. Uh, he texts every Sunday morning about 6 o'clock. I text him back right after he texts me. And uh, he said, they gave me this verse, Ezekiel twenty-two thirty. I sought for a man that stand in the gap. Hey, look, we've been called to stand in the gap. We've been called as priests and as mediators between people that we know and God. You might be the only Jesus representative standing between somebody else and the Lord. We need to touch heaven today. I need to touch heaven today. I believe you need to touch heaven today. I went to a funeral last week of a dear lady, 94 years old. It's Deanna's sister's 
husband's mom, Ms. Brown. Down in Perry, Georgia, Morrow Heights Baptist Church, the pastor stood up and he said this. I knew it anyway. He said, Ms. Montine Brown has been coming to this church 65 years. There's not a Sunday morning she misses. There's not a Sunday night she misses. There's not a Wednesday night she misses. For 65 years, the pastor said, she has been faithful every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. He said, now, I'm not a mathematician, but if you calculate all those Sundays, he said, in fact, at 94 years old, she would drag her oxygen tank with her. Now, listen, she didn't feel like she had to be saved in order to go to church in order to be saved. She wanted to be in the house of God. And the pastor's message was this. My, she was called old faithful. I was around that dear lady, Miss Brown. How many know that some people you get around, they smell like heaven? Man, I love to be around somebody that smells like heaven. But brother and sister, listen. I thought, oh, praise the Lord. Touching heaven, touching heaven. God, help us today. As I know you've got family needs and I've got family needs right now as we gather and as we stand to our feet that we need to touch heaven right now. I don't know if any of you want to come to the front. My dear dad's uh, life is weighing in the balance as we speak. And down in the Macon Col uh, the, the Coliseum Hospital, it's in the Lord's hands, and uh, it's one day at a time. And, and I'm praying, and I know you're praying, and I thank you for your prayers. Twyla Kaiser's family, she went to be with the Lord this week, and, and Scott and I have talked and prayed, and Lori, and they need prayer. Andrew's family needs prayer. Oh, God, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Let's touch heaven today. Let's do what God's told us to do, unpure motives, uh, unconfessed sin, and unoffered prayer. Let's get things right because our hearts are overloaded. Our minds are, are our hearts overwhelmed. Our minds overloaded. And our lips ought to be overflowing as we get with the Lord right now. Father, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we want to touch heaven today. So somehow, some way, correct everything in me and about me that would hinder me. Oh, God, every sin of omission, every sin of commission. And I know Marcia and Eddie here, and I think of Charlton when I say that. We used to pray that all the time. But, God, you know the omission, the things we neglect to do, and the commission, the things we ought to do, we don't do. Oh, bless your holy name, Father. Search our hearts now. Give us clean hands now with the blood of Jesus. Help us to touch heaven. I pray for hurting families. I pray for those who need breakthroughs. I ask you, God, to move on our hearts as we gather around your throne. Watch you do great things in these days for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.